Hey everybody, welcome to the We Ship It podcast. Today we are talking The Hunger Games and we have a special guest who we will reveal after the break. Yeah, so we will mainly be talking about Peta and Katniss, the not real turned real lovers from Suzanne Collins' post-apocalyptic tale. Do we ship it? Listen to find out. Hey everybody, I'm Devin. And I'm Steph. And welcome to the We Ship It podcast. Today we are diving in to talk about The Hunger Games and its main lovebirds Katniss and Peeta. Just a warning, as with each episode, we always want to start off with a spoiler alert. In case you haven't finished the series, we are going to be talking about books 1, 2, and 3. So just be mindful if you haven't read them of possible spoilers. The Hunger Games is a post-apocalyptic tale of 12 districts and the aftermath of a revolutionary war which results in Panem, a dystopian society where each district provides a need or product of the capital. Every year, two people are chosen to represent their district in a battle to the death. It's like a deadly Olympic Games. And eventually, people grow tired of this. In the third book, a revolution begins, and as we know, Katniss Everdeen is the figurehead. She and Peeta fall into a sort of fake love in the first book, surviving the struggle of the Hunger Games together. And then they grow into a sort of true love over time, resulting in Katniss having to save him from the hands of the capital. These two go through so many twists and turns, and we are excited to talk more about whether or not we ship it. Yes, so we know that this couple is a favorite of many, but it also sparks some debate, and it's a not-so-favorite of a lot of people, too. Um, So we have Team Peta, we have Team Gale, and we have Team Nobody as well, where Katniss is concerned. So we really wanted to dive into this with a guest reader. So for this episode, I want to introduce you to one of my great friends, Kalia Walton. Say hi, Kalia. Hello. (laughs) Yay. Yay. Yes, Devin, thank you for singing that. Um, But so Kali and I went to school together and we both loved reading. During our time in college, the Hunger Games movies were coming out. So naturally, we, the resident nerds, had to go to the premieres. I remember we once met, what was her name? Oh, yeah. Uh, Effie Trinket. (laughs) You did? I think it was some chick that was like cosplaying as her. And I I still have that picture of us and the person like as Effie Trinket as Steph's caller ID (laughs) on my phone. (laughs) So, of course, when I was thinking of who to invite to this episode, of course, it was the person I met Effie Trinket with, Kalia. Um, So she came to mind first. And we're we're hoping to invite some more guest readers as well. So if anyone is interested or has a particular uh, couple that they want to talk about, Please feel free to join us. So thank you for joining, Kalia. You're welcome. I'm the first, and therefore the best. Yes, naturally. <laughs> first is best. That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so with that, Devin, why don't you give us our first question? Yeah. All right, so how does the Hunger Games play a role in creating Peta and Katniss's relationship? Well, so as far as like... It plays the entire role, right? It allows Katniss to notice Peta at all. I don't know if they ever would have come together on like otherwise, honestly. Um, the two of them saw each other kind of when they were in District 12, but this was really the thing that brought them together. And it also like it just forced them together. I mean, they had to do it to survive. So, you know, they would kiss each other and all that stuff throughout the first book, mainly because they wanted to get sponsors and survive. So it wasn't the most romantic thing in the first book. Um, but that becomes clear at the end of the first book when they're really not in love or at least like Katniss doesn't think so. So that's a whole drama, too. Um, but I don't know. Kalia, what do you think? Um, yeah, I pretty much agree. I feel like they're wouldn't be a Katniss and Peeta without the Hunger Games. Uh, now, granted, I've read a lot of Hunger Games fan fiction. Oh, so here we go. <laughs> there's definitely, I've definitely read different ways where they could have interacted without the Hunger mm-hmm. Games, but like then the book isn't the Hunger Games. Then it's just fan right. fiction that I end up reading at 3 a.m. when I'm sad. Uh, you <laughs> Don't <know>. we all? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there really wouldn't be, they were like, they were like neighbors or not even neighbors because they lived in different parts of District 12. The district, they were yeah. like, acquaintances like that one person that like sits three rows and to the left of you in math math class and you're just like oh yeah (laughs) i remember that guy well to katniss that's who Peta was (laughs) behind besides the whole boy of the bread thing right she didn't have any sort of relationship with him he was just 
literally the boy with the bread. Now, Peter was off doing his other thing, imagining their marriage in their mind or whatever. I don't, right. We don't have the books well, from so his point of view. Do you think he really had a crush on her before the Hunger Games? You, do you, think, you don't think that was a stunt at all? Like, you think he really did have a crush on her? I don't think so, just because I'm romantic and I want it to be cute. But I also <laughs> think I also think you have to take into account what a, what a crush is. Like, you can have a crush on someone, but, like, a crush is just like, oh... That person, he might have stirrings for yeah. someone. Yeah, it's not it's not any sort of actual relationship. It's it's a crush, and he might have played it up in his mind or whatever, and this and the other thing. And maybe he realized because he's a savvy guy. Um, he realized that he could have used it to his advantage. But I actually think he had a crush on her. But also, when you're a teenager as well, crushes take up a really big part of your mind. That's true. Yeah, could have so, been over-dramatized. It, mm-hmm. it could have definitely been over-dramatized in his own mind because mm-hmm. he's like a 16-year-old boy. Yep. Poor little Peter. I just <laughs> want to give him a little hug. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we'll talk more about poor little Peter as we go on. Absolutely. So the second question we have, let's talk Gail. Would they have been a better match, Gail and Katniss? I don't know if one of you wants to take that one on. But. <sighs> For I mean, let's just face the truth. Gail was Katniss's future if Prim was not chosen to be the tribute. That's that's yep. in my that's my mind. Uh, I feel like uh, she had some faint stirrings for Gail, but they never developed into anything because Katniss primarily focused on her family and making sure they survived. Mm-hmm. And I think she loves Gail, but throughout the course of the trilogy, I don't think it's romantic love, but more of an like an admiration or appreciation, like almost familial kind of love for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it never it never gets that spark to ignite, ignite into something more um, because of her being thrown into the games. So mm-hmm. that's my like if if the games didn't exist and if Prim wasn't chosen, I think she might have ended up with him, not because she was in love with him, but because she just felt like that was the right thing to do. Sure. Kalia, what do you think? Um, I mean, I, I, I basically agree. I think just to like short tangent. I, I liked their relationship platonically because I feel like, especially in, in young adult novels like which The Hunger Game is, there's always a lack of like platonic guy and girl friendships that I think they need to like re up on. Like my childhood best friend growing up was a guy, and the amount of people that mm-hmm. are like, "Oh my god, you guys are going to get up together," and I was like, "That's disgusting." <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like it, it could have they could have made that with Katniss and Gale just a very close like platonic like friendship bond mm-hmm. instead of having to throw the whole of course Gail likes her now we have to make it a love trial type love triangle type yeah. thing um but yeah. I also agree w- with Devin in the fact that like if the Hunger Games didn't happen she probably would have ended up with Gail out of necessity like I feel like necessity is a really harsh word Mm-hmm. At expectation, I feel like might be better. Yeah, I think expectation would be a better choice. Yeah, and I don't know if it would have ever been because she truly like loved him and chose him, more of the like, oh, he's here. I, yeah, I, don't, I actually I don't hate him. So yeah, no, I, I don't hate him either. He's a nice. <laughs> guy. I actually I don't hate him either. Yeah, and he also like takes care of her family mm-hmm. when she's gone, which is really important. Yeah, he but really steps I wanted up in to... those regards. He does. But here's the quote that I think like really sums it up, because, yes, you're right. The two of them would have ended up together, I think, if the Hunger Games never happened. But if you look at their personalities, I don't think they were right for each other. Um, And she so Katniss um, is thinking to herself in Mockingjay, um, quote, that what I need to survive is not Gail's fire kindled with rage and hatred. I have plenty of fire myself. What I need is the dandelion in the spring, the bright yellow that means rebirth <laughs> instead of destruction, the promise that life can go on no matter how bad our losses, that it can be good again, and only PETA can give me that. And I think that that is what really, like, we'll talk about whether and that's or not coming from Mockingjay, right? in love. Yeah, it's it's in Mockingjay. Yeah. So no, I love we'll that. We'll talk about whether or not they're truly in love, but I think what she needed after all the trauma, um, and just like her own personality, I think what she needed to really some heal tranquility was from Peta. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also Peta. think they were too much alike, like her Katniss and Gale in yep. the aspect where like it's good to definitely have some things in common with someone you're obviously like in a relationship or married to, but there's also just like an interestingness factor (laughs) in having 
differences and and exploring someone else's interests that you might not have been or exploring something that you might not have ever done because of this thing. So if it was just Katniss and Gail being angry at the world together, like that gets boring after a while. All right. Next question then moving on. Um, What obstacles prevent them or do they encounter and how do they overcome them? I mean, like, there are lots of obstacles. The whole last book. (laughs) Like, entirety of Mockingjay. And so we have a specific question about the terrible ending (laughs) (laughs) that we will talk about. (laughs) But so at least I can point out obstacles that both come from the Hunger Games and come from like the post apocalyptic world they live in. And I can also like talk about obstacles that like they face as a couple. Um, I think most of their obstacles though come from the Capitol and President Snow or whatever. Yeah, they're definitely more outside sources that cause them issues than inside sources. Yeah, like at the end. So, well, although this one, this one kind of bugs me. At the end when like she finally tells Peta, oh, it was all an act. And he's like, what? That is one of the out of the end of the first book. Yeah. Yes, it's one of the most upsetting things to me because the poor kid. Like, he should have known. Don't forget. Don't 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 do don't do this to <laughs> <Yes>. me. <laughs> the whole time he should have known that, like you know, she's all not really game. in love with you. Um, and I don't see, know. and that's why I thought going back to like the first question. That's why I think he actually had a crush on her mm-hmm. because I he agree. really thought. Yeah, because if <laughs> yeah, it was I all agree. of an act for him, he would probably assume that it was all of an act for her too. But he mm-hmm. was, like, just really feeling his feelings. I know. And that's, like, a huge obstacle for them. But they eventually overcome it because Peter, Peter, oh, my God. Peter. Peter. <laughs> Peter. Peter's so much better at getting over the obstacles than Katniss is. I mean, consider the way that she handles first meeting him in the third book, like, when he forgets who she is. Like, oh, yeah. she, she just does not know how to handle she's it. She's like, well, that's it. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> Walks so into I'm like, incoming traffic. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, if you love this guy, like, get over it. But, I also but that's a whole... think, well, I don't know if this even goes with the question or what I'm saying. I'm on a tangent now. <laughs> but I also think, like, they've both dealt with, like, trauma on their lives. Mm-hmm. And Peter's is, is alluded to a lot. It's not explicitly said. But, like, I personally believe his mother abused him. And so does the rest of the fan fiction world. Oh, yeah, so I, I definitely agree. We're going to make that abusive. canon <laughs> just for the sake of this. <laughs> Um, so I think that's kind of the thing where like we're like obstacles and how they dealt with obstacles were like okay Katniss's dad died and her mom went went into like her coma thing right mm-hmm. or whatever her she depression just was, like her depression yeah that's a lot better because she wasn't actually in a coma um, so Katniss how she dealt with that trauma was kind of like shoving it to the side her dad was dead her mom wasn't doing anything so she had to help her and her sister survive mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. no Peter, I agree with your hand, original. Yeah. Um, statement about like they are still acting as pawns even after the game they have to now um, traverse the new territory and still act as a couple they still have to uh, navigate their new lives but they're still trying to deal with being friends at the same time it's just like it's really complicated for them I just feel like also like yeah they have to traverse being friends they have to traverse like putting on an act but they also have to deal with the PTSD from being in the murder yes. like that's okay. a whole other <clears throat> level Okay, I'm. <laughs> thank you for expressing that. But um, the the thing for me that gets me, things are moving so quickly in the world around them and in their relationship because they have to force it that the two of them hardly overcome their struggles, their personal struggles. They hardly overcome the struggles around them. They just have to keep moving to survive. So when things eventually do die down, I don't think they know how to handle it even if PETA didn't like, even if he didn't lose his mind. Well, I also think, kind of going back to the other point where like Katniss mm-hmm. was really used to just powering through her struggles but like Peta if we do say that his mom abused him like he lived with his abuser so that's a whole different sort of trying to figure out your struggles through so that's a whole different way for him to try and navigate things mm-hmm. okay we're moving on because Next we have question. more questions <laughs> <laughs> what characteristics of each character make them fall in love um so I'll break it into First one and then the other. For Peta, um, he's such a caretaker and he's a perfect antidote to Katniss's natural and warranted pessimism and gloom. Um, he is completely completely devoted to Katniss through thick and thin, and he maintains mm-hmm. his sunny disposition despite all the sufferings that we talked about, we already mentioned. Um, it is his light that Katniss is so attracted to, and he brings her tormented life comfort. 
and she accepts she accepts it wholeheartedly like she doesn't necessarily give into it right away but eventually she kind of just like i have this desire to need him now um specifically with the nightmares and such that she encounters Mm -hmm. um for for katniss i think Peta sees how big katniss's heart is and admires her strength um it is not fame or glory or social status that drives katniss it is it is love and trying to give those she loves a chance at life uh, Peta falls for her strength, power, and her beauty. Yeah. So I, I think oh, he's just yeah. I think he's just like stunned by her. <laughs> he is. He really is. I do want to say, know. and I do want to bring up kind of like a, a I, I, I agree with everything Devin said, but I do want to say when we get to like the first like their first encounters, their first meetings with each other, I think it's a lot more shallow. <laughs> Yep. I think five-year-old Peta's like, that girl's cute and sings nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> no, but like... If You're not going, wrong. Yeah, You're not and wrong. then like, as they get older, obviously it evolves into it, more. Yeah, and, it definitely. it's the same thing with, where, like, he goes from being like, that girl's cute and sings nice to like, oh, she's like very loving of her family, like, mm-hmm. and something I can... There's a lot more to, to her than just her pretty face. She's, yeah, she's so <laughs> deep. She has a killer French braid. Like, it's it's so much... There's so much more to that as they get, obviously, as they go through the Hunger Games and everything together and how it is kind of going back to that dandelion quote where, like, mm-hmm. he, he brings her down because she's always on, like, 10, like, rage and hardcore yeah. survival yeah. mode. And he brings her down to a level where she can literally literally just like stop and smell the flowers so like the dandelions dandelions. (laughs) um so i think that's one thing and i also think on katniss's side or did i just say katniss's side i don't know (laughs) i don't know what i'm saying anymore um but i think another thing is for katniss she kind of when you really think about it she kind of already had him on a pedestal as Mm -hmm. the boy with the bread And then when she got to know him as a person, she kind of saw the same. I think they saw the same things in each other that they liked, like the big hearts, like the caring for others. Because, like, he didn't have to purposely burn that bread because he was putting himself actually in danger. By in danger, that. yeah. But he did. I love it. I love yeah, it. I think they were both on. So I think cool. for each other, they were both on pedestals in some, rega- in some regards. Um, but then they finally saw through their pedestals and were able to understand each other. Okay, next question. Yeah. So what are your favorite and not-so-favorite ship moments? Yes. Okay, I'm going to go with not-so-favorite first because it's easiest. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I freaking hate when Peta runs into Katniss's room when she has, like, night terrors. I you hate think that? It's like, really? Okay, <clears throat> listen to why I hate this because... It's cute, okay, for for the fan fiction shipper. Oh, it's cute, that's you know, he's, he's being like a protector, but that's not in his nature. Don't you guys kind of see, like, Peta having the night he's terrors a and Katniss writing? Run- no! Well, like, in his own, like, in his own way, sure, but I feel like Katniss has always been the protector of Yeah, so I, I see that like- as well. But counterpoint, Steph. Oh, come Ooh. at me. Come at me. Counterpoint, Steph. Don't you think, though, that because of where the relationship was at that point, like, in her subconscious, she felt like she could let her guard down and maybe. allow herself to have those night terrors? I don't maybe know it shows. Works. Maybe it shows personal growth on Katniss's part. Um, and, of course, Pina would react that way. But I just don't think she would be the one having night terrors to begin with. And... Really? So the thing, the thing She's that really makes me so much. Also, no, I yeah, like listen back to the listen. PTSD thing. It makes you act ways you don't normally. That's act. true. That's very true. But so the, I think the main reason that I don't like it is because of the movie. Because this scene is so horribly awkward that it just Stuff's ruins. about to drag Josh Hutcherson <laughs> <laughs> and J Law because man, she's like, "Will you stay with me?" And he's like. Yes. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> deal with it. Um, but so that's why that scene has always kind of bugged me. But <clears throat> I do want to say the scenes that I do really love, whenever Peta like on stage is making claims, like he's like, I've had a crush on this girl. Oh, and the, the baby or whatever he's yeah. talking about. I if it wasn't love for the baby. those moments. And can I just say, catching fire, Peta, fire. 
Fire. Fire. <laughs> Catching Fire PETA is my favorite PETA. It, it, he's just awesome yeah, in that book. He's he, best PETA. Yes, he is the best PETA. But anyway, Kalia, what are your favorite and not so favorite moments? I mean, I really don't like the whole like reuniting in Mockingjay and then he goes for the choking. That wasn't a fun thing to read <laughs> oh, yeah. in high school. <laughs> When he, she was like, "Oh my God, Peta," and he was like, "Murder." <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "No!" I was like seventeen, and I was like, "This is how it's supposed to happen." Um, I don't like that. That is part. definitely a big shock in the in the text um, when you read it when you first read it. I I felt so awkward during their like encounters and catching fire, like before the second congregation, where they were just like, "Hello." Hello. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. they had to like pretend to be in when love. When they're just on the train traveling. Yeah. Just making out uh, all the yeah. time. Yeah. Just pretend to be in love. And like whenever the capital would come and be like, look at them. And they'd be like, yes, it's us. I guess my shit moments. I like the moments in like the train, where, like in the first book, where they were like talking mm-hmm. about their favorite colors and stuff like Hee-hee. that. Like I just thought that was really cute. And I was like, 15 or did I say 15 did I say 17 I don't know I was vaguely high school age who really remembers um and I I just thought that was really cute that was one of my favorite parts of the book I really do think the train parts though were like my favorite because it was like it was all still like fresh and new and they were getting to know each other and they were like inklings of romance and then my favorite color was sunset orange and I just thought it was so cute (laughs) They are cute. And when they get to know each other, I think the train is like symbolic of their like waiting for the games to happen or waiting to get home. And in that time, they're finally able to step back. And it's not like everything is happening around them. They can finally like step back and get to know each other, which is it's it's really a great it's thing. Unique. Also, it's a very unique time. I also do mm-hmm. like the parts where Peter just makes up a whole plot on the stage. <laughs> Like yes. those are They're some so of the best funny. fights. He's and Katniss just... gets so mad, and it's like, calm down. I feel like, especially by catching fire, she should have known it was going to happen. Going absolutely, in. Like, she, she should have known. Like she shouldn't have been shocked. No, when, absolutely like, not. He was like, if it wasn't for the baby, she should have been like, of, of course he pulls this. Again. <laughs> she shouldn't be surprised anymore. She, she'd be like, good old Peter doing what he usually does, tearing at the oh. heartstrings of the audience. Gotta there. love him. Got to love him. Okay, okay. So moving on to the next question. Does their relationship ever develop into a full-blown romance? I think it takes a long time but I think it eventually does. Um, Their relationship challenges them both to grow and develop um, and to rely on each other. And it is through their obstacles that they come together, united as one entity, ready to take on their next great darkness together. Um, The relationship is... (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. Their relationship is more based on the action of love and not the emotion of love. And that's... um, So like the heart feels what the heart feels, but sometimes the heart is... Capricious and emotions are not consistent. Um, whereas love as an action is unconditional and holds relationships together. So that's why I think of they are more of the action of love. We're going to do something to show our love we're, instead of just like words and emotions. They're they're going to show each other how they love each other. Mm-hmm. I just had to look <clears> up <throat> what capricious meant. So <laughs> Devin, the English teacher, look coming in. Um, I I think their romance does go into a become a full-blown romance is that the question was that the question? <laughs> yes um, yes it was <laughs> i think kind of going off of what devin said because that's what i've been doing this whole podcast um, mm-hmm. i think it's right he's right we're in like they they chose to love each other it wasn't like one of those things where like other books where it was like, oh, it was love at first sight and everything was perfect and we lived happily ever afters and we never fought. Right. Like it, I mean, oh, Capital, Pan Am, Hunger Games, Hijack Birds, whatever, all that stuff aside, it's a more, in my opinion, a more realistic version of love because they actively chose to love each other every day, which I think is a is more of a full-blown romance than the usual And there's definitely, definitely like huge challenges that they have to encounter. Once they make that decision to be in love with each other, they have to deal with like everything that goes along with that. And like, especially Peter with having to reaffirm what he knows and who he is as a person. 
um, once the hijacking takes over. Um, yep. So I, I, I agree. I, I think it's all based off of more actions instead of words. My thing about this, I don't know if I'd call it a romance. Totally. They have moments, they have like fleeting romantic moments. And I get that. I would call it a really good relationship, but I don't know if in the end, if it's like, I don't know if they've had enough time to like create a real romance before he ends up losing his mind and then they have to start rebuilding it. I I understand what you're saying. Um, and I don't know if you mean by end, end like that whole prologue or epilogue. The epilogue. <laughs> Epilogue's at the end, folks. Oh, Kalia, don't even. Kalia is not the English <laughs> teacher. Um, so I feel like we don't know, we don't really know what time has passed between like the end of the book mm-hmm. and the epilogue. So Correct. I feel like we can't really say definitively. Two kids worth. Two kids worth of time, but like hey. no one is saying they were <laughs> no one is saying they were jumping into kids right. Like when the last book ends, they're like what? Twenty at the oldest? Yeah. At the oldest? Like I don't even think so, because she's like what? Sixteen in the first book? She's young. So give it like I... say each book is like a year. So, like, literally 20 at the oldest. So, who knows if, like, the book ends and they're 20, and then the epilogue happens and they're 35. Like. Yeah, that's true. And I I apologize. I don't mean to be the cynical old person here. This was one of my favorite relationships when I was, like, reading the books. And I'm sure if I reread them, I would have my little, like, butterflies. Like, oh, my gosh. But for some reason, I rewatched the movie the other day. and I See, that was your first mistake. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. That's probably where it came from. But I was just like, so much of this is sad. And them running away from like a really sad world. And it's not like them being in love. I understand what you're getting at, Steph. But I think you also have to realize that I'm not being like, you have to realize what they've gone through because they're fictional characters. They <laughs> haven't true, gone through anything. Um, but <laughs> I, think, I think you're right in the fact that like, yet what they're leaving sad like they're leaving a sad world like basically at the end of the book everyone they love is dead right yes. or, or, or not the, part of their lives yeah anymore. for the most part so it is very true that their relationship and i might be skipping to the next question but i'll go into more depth later on but it could be true that again like their relationship might has started as just like they needed each other but again like we don't know we don't know the time span so that could have Mm -hmm. turned into love and romance which i the hopeless romantic would like to think (laughs) that it did so you can't i agree kalia with your cynicalness i'll I'll leave myself out (laughs) i will leave myself out of this question Okay, Devin, next question. Next question. (laughs) Does Katniss have a moment where she realizes her love for PETA? When is that moment, if so? I can't can't pull out my book right now, which is actually on my bookshelf over there. Um, I can't pull it out and, like, give you a specific page and shit, but I think when he has been, like, kidnapped or whatever, (laughs) I think (laughs) the second he's gone is when she starts to realize, like, oh, shit, like, he doesn't annoy me I like, like he this thought guy. he did. Like, yeah, like, I really think it was kind of in a weird, twisted sense, like an absence makes the heart grow fonder type thing. Mm-hmm. Because, like, for the first two books, he was basically, like, her rock. Like, he anchored her down to, like, that more, like, regular place I was talking about earlier where I had better words and knew how to speak earlier in the episode um (laughs) so I think when he was gone she was just like yeah I think she starts to notice her feelings are more than just fake in the second one I think there are moments where she's like whoa he's kind of cool but then like it's truly that she realizes it's love when when like he's taken away from her I think you're right in that like I think that she starts to understand, oh, I love him, when she realizes that she's lost him. Um, and she gets, it, it's it's absolutely captivating to watch her on her hunt for PETA. Like, that was one of the most frustrating and one of the most, like, passionate things to read. Um, and we all were, like, yearning for her to find PETA along with her. But I think even in Catching Fire, there are moments where, like, like they're on the beach or whatever and, like, kissing. And I feel like Katniss isn't just faking it for a few of those moments. So For me, I for me, the moment was in Catching Fire. Um, yeah. When PETA is clearing the path through the 
to the forest thicket and his machete like strikes into the uh, force field and he goes flying back and his heartbeat stops and everything um it is in that moment that other tributes see katniss's love for pita um and in, in mocking jay finnick later mentions when they meet up again that ah finnick, um, finnick. oh my god <laughs> isn't he great Jesus, uh, he, he makes a so statement why did you remind he so much better i <laughs> Devin, you shouldn't have done it. I'm sorry. You should not have done it. I'm so upset now. I'm still mad. When, mm, oh my god, when Finnick died, I was reading the book like in the car, and I put the book down and was so tempted to roll down my window and throw it out. Um, sorry. Oh. Steph, no, like, you're I love Finnick so much that sophomore year of college, Steph bought me a mug that said Mrs. Finnick O'Dare. That's I really did. I still Annie, have watch that out. mug. I still have that mug. It's one of my favorite mugs, right Devin. with my One Direction mug. Devin said, "Annie, watch." Out. <laughs> he was he was happy with his life. Everything was going great, and he was doing whatever it was to help her mental health. They just had a child. They were adorable. They were perfect. Kalia, I think you need to write a letter to Suzanne Collins. I think you need to to him. grieve. I think you need to come to closure. <laughs> I'm sorry. But regardless, it was that moment that Finnick was like, yeah, I, I saw that there was a spark in you two. I, I noticed that you actually had feelings for him. It wasn't just a, a show for the, Finnick was like, um, yes. the community. They, love. they are. Yes, it was wonderful. Um, but yeah, let's not open those wounds. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I... I wholeheartedly apologize no no i i, I love this this is great feelings about finnick mm. and i think he deserves as we better. all should he, so he really did better. like i said mercutio did those two deserve so much yep. better yes anyway. they did two of the characters that were not done justice but okay this is a great question that you two are both going to have to really so you're gonna have to soul search to answer this is Katniss looking for love or survival okay soul searching done um (laughs) (laughs) this is like the one question I looked at and I was like huh and actually thought about it beforehand um Mm. I think she's looking for both I don't think it's a one or another with her I think in her life and in her mind love and survival have kind of been warped into the same thing um so for her like going back to like when her father got died and her mother went to depression she survived because of her love for prim and she wanted like prim to like leave this life and so i think in her mind love and survival are kind of one and the same so i think Mm -hmm. that she loves Peta, but she also needs him to survive i i think it's i think for her it's the same thing Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm Devin? So both. Yeah, so I think Katniss is created for a world of survival. Um, even yep. prior to the game, she is solely focused on survival and providing for her family. Um, so I don't think love was ever an option for her, as it wasn't her top priority. Like we talked about with Gail, like would it have developed with him maybe one day, but like it wasn't her priority starting off with um, the first novel. She closed that door off and sealed it ages ago. However, once mm-hmm. she started opening her heart up again and being more accepting of affection and love, her mind struggles to understand the emotion um, in this non-familial way. Uh, she's not used yep. to loving someone in a different regards than just Prim or her mother. Um, and it gives being, and she gives into being loved and loving someone back. She lets she lets those emotions like flood her system and be more accepting of that love. That's why I think mm-hmm. those nightmare scenes are so important because it's her like opening up where usually like normally she would just close herself off. Here we see her like opening up and wanting to be with someone in her most mm-hmm. darkest time. I think that she wasn't looking for love, no, but she ended she up finding it. Yeah, I think she cool. was. She was looking for survival through PETA. And and I think she ends up finding love ultimately because at the end when he makes it hard for her and it's not his fault, but basically when he makes it difficult because like he's no longer himself, mm-hmm. um, she still chooses to be with him, which it un- that whole thing unsettles me, but it still shows you how much like Katniss finally understood the relationship that was fake to begin with. And she was you know willing I mean? to fight for it too. Yes, yes. 
I do love that. Moving on. Um, how does PETA's hijacking affect their relationship specifically for Katniss? I know we kind of mentioned this a little bit before, but let's take a little bit of time solely for this question. I do want to say, uh. <laughs> I do want to say that like, until I was reading these questions, I think I completely just like wiped out the hijacking in my mind yep. and just like, yep. was like living my fan fiction, my best <laughs> fan fiction life where like he never, and I was like, oh yeah, he did get like wholly kidnapped and wholly brainwashed and yep. that is something that did happen and yep. i mean obviously peter peter peter, peter <laughs> i did it too <laughs> obviously obviously peter was like affected because he was the victim but i think in like the grand scheme of things the way it affected katniss is that it for the most of the book basically it there were role reversals because for the first two books, it was kind of basically like PETA being the more affectionate one and like watching out for Katniss in a way and being more like soft and cuddly and a cutie. Um, but then on the other hand, in the third book, that's all taken away. And mm -hmm. Katniss is the one that kind of has mm -hmm. to be the, the soft one in the relationship. Not really yeah. soft, but like she's the rock now instead of where PETA was the rock in the first two books. Yeah. So he's like has literal like brainwashed and memory lost and she has to pull him out of that whereas i feel like in the other two books it was the other way around and he was pulling her out of that so it's like yeah. a whole different dynamic and a whole different change that she has to learn how to get used to i really appreciate that um analysis because i it's not what i really thought of that it like challenges katniss to finally be like what Peta was for her um as far as like what I understand the hijacking to have done. It does two things. Um, it awakens Katniss's feelings for him. Kind of like you said, it, it, it makes her understand that she has to step up because she loves him. Otherwise, she would have just left him because it's a, <laughs> it's a crappy guy. situation. <laughs> yeah, it's a crappy situation. Um, but on the other hand, and you guys may disagree, um, him losing his mind makes it impossible for them to ever experience their original true love in the future. And that's what kills me. Now, Devin's already, he wants to comment. But listen, <laughs> Devin was huffing and puffing there. He was like, I, I, I have see a thought. You. I, I see you. No. But, and this is what kills me, okay? I even, I, you guys, I, I don't want to admit this, but I wrote a fan fiction. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody seek this out. <laughs> but the point of me bringing that up, I don't, I love writing, but I don't, I would not have done that for any other relationship because I was so distraught about it because what the hijacking did, it, there was no way to revert back to it, which is something I think that the, the truest shippers just were like, maybe she can find some way to get his old mind back. And like, he'll love her again in the same way that he did. But he never will. Yeah, and that's something I literally broken. cried about. But I don't so think, I'm like, counterpoint. Here I am again with my counterpoint. Oh, oh. And this is coming from someone who's very single. Um, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think that the fact that their love is different means that it's wrong. I think, oh, no, no, me yeah, either. I think, and it sucks because it really was like, it was so, and I kind of understand where you're coming from, where it was, it was very pure in the first books and, and the hijacking kind of ruined that and it kind of put a doubt in like, yeah, he did get his memories back, but there was always a, is this actual memory or not? And there's that doubt mm, in that later. Yes. But if you think about it in other contexts, nobody's love, again, single, um, nobody's love ever stays the same. Like I, that's true. You and Tom's love isn't the same from when you guys met when you were 15. No, that's very true. It develops, and it I changes, think, it evolves. And I think, I think this is obviously a, a very different change, a very different change. No one has been brainwashed. I'm assuming. Steph. Yeah. <laughs> I, you got to ask him about that one. But I think, I think it's again, an obstacle that they have to work through. And I think, in a weird, twisted sense, it kind of makes their relationship stronger. I hear you, but here's my counter. She hears me, but she disagrees, is what she <laughs> Yes, I hear you, but I disagree. Listen, here's why. Um, 
you're completely right. Every relationship goes through change and that's what makes you stronger. What the hijacking does is resets his memory so every obstacle they've been through and they've changed together through, they cannot look forward in the future and use as an actual thing to to grow from because he can't remember it. Right, there's no foundation for their love anymore. That's why... But they can. He literally. Grow. This poor guy. Imagine. Imagine he is born into a world, and all of a sudden, this girl's like, "I love you. Why don't you love me?" And he's like, "Who are you? <laughs> Where am I?" Like that is not a satisfying. Well, it's not even that. Like he actually like comes out of that, and he hates her. He sees her as yes, the villain. He wants to murder her. He does. And I'm like. I just don't even know. Okay, you guys might. And Devin, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add. So I'll just add something. Like real, I'll add something real quick. <laughs> no, I, I, I do see your point. Like their relationship <laughs> will never go back to the way it was. There's no way to like retrace those steps and get those memories back. Um, they're tinted. They're tainted. They're changed. Um, but the hijacking for PETA shows everything that sweet and kind PETA never would have expressed. He becomes this new person, this new character for us. Um, and he becomes like this agitated and fierce and gruesome, uh, version. And, um, I hate that. Yeah, I know. Katniss has to make that decision to like, I see he's a broken man and I'm going to try and love him and care for him and fix him along the way. But he has like no good parts of him after the hijacking. But we do see, before it was always PETA's um, control of the relationship. Now we see mm-hmm. it as her taking control of the relationship and being like, this isn't this isn't PETA's choice. It's not the audience's. It's not like the Capitals. It's not Snow's. It's her choice to like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going also, to see where this yeah. goes from now. I also think like just to go off Devin and be like just super meta here, super meta, like we do only see what's going on from Katniss's point of view and how reliable of a narrator is Katniss. So that's true. Where point we, we see and that's in, a question you have to ask with th- every narrative. Yeah. Too. When you sit there and you see Pina in the first two books, like he's a little too good to be true. Uh-huh. Like there, he has, and maybe I'm forgetting stuff, obviously, but for the most part in the first two books, besides the whole Caesar Flickerman, like stage debacles, like he has no, in Katniss's eyes, he has really no flaws because he's like, thus the boy with the bread. He's soft. He's great. He's this and the other thing. And I think in the third book, like, he gets a little bit more exploration because he's hijacked. So he's raw. And all of those, like, parts of himself that I personally think he built up as, like, a shield. He kind of like, yeah. I can be nice. No one will like me. Like, stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. we're able to just see, like, Peta and I I like it because like nobody likes perfect people like he was just he was too good so and it I it's not perfect like I'm not gonna sit here and say that obviously it was perfect like it was th- like he was he was angry and agitated but like mm-hmm. like he just got brainwashed like what do you expect <laughs> of him to still be like Look, soft boy no that's what I'm saying that's what I'm saying he's raw but he's not true I don't think after the hijacking he's the true Peta. That's my problem. An altered is that, version. Yeah, he's not himself. But every version like, in the book is an altered version because Katniss only saw what he wanted her to see. And that's what, like, I, enjoy, I that's one aspect I enjoy about the the different tri- the the trilogy, the different uh, books themselves. Like the first one, we get the the first one, the first one we get um, the Hunger Games. The next one we get the Quarter Quell, and then the last one's almost like a mind game um, where we have Ooh. to they have to navigate this Good whole point. situation and navigate. Um, their relationship through this new obstacle that we uh, see them go through. So it's definitely interesting a take of yes. view. For the sake of no more debate on this, let's go to the next <laughs> <Sorry>. question. <laughs> However, the next question is basically the same. <laughs> so here we go. Did Peta and Katniss get the ending you thought that they deserved? No. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, I don't I don't know what I wanted for them, but I I know that this was not it. Like I wanted yep. I, 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 I feel like I wanted them to be become whole. Um they've been broken for so long and I just wanted them to be healed from the pain and from the chaos of their lives and just to be themselves. But I guess that's like just being too hopeful of thinking and fictitious for this trilogy. Like like this it wouldn't it wouldn't have happened. I don't think they 
I don't know if Collins would have been able to write a happy ending for them because of just the situation that their world is set in. I... Like, okay, so no, but also yes. Ooh. No, because I I agree with Devin in the fact that I I could sit there just because of the type of annoying person I am. Like, I would sit there and read an entire, like, and maybe this is why I read fan fiction, but I would read, like, an entire other book between the ending of the book and the epilogue just to see them get back, like, whole again, just to see them, like, become... Because there is a chunk missing. Like, there is. She, She skipped over however many years it was between the end and the epilogue. And that's why I I say yes, because I, again, like just the romantic in me who likes happy endings, like I do like that they got married and have kids. I think that's cute. And I say yes to that. But I feel like it was kind of just, it was too much. We were, we weren't given Mm -hmm. enough space, like time. We weren't given enough lead up to that point. It was like, okay, it Mm -hmm. ended fast forward, however many years and we're happy with kids. Like, there was right. no, there I was agree. no, there was no bridge to that. And I would sit, th- Suzanne, <laughs> I would sit there and I read, hope you're listening <laughs> and read and read an entire book just on getting from the end of the last book to that epilogue. Like I would read that yeah. because I, I want, I would want to read that closure from yep. the two of them because obviously, and I also might have read it wrong because hopeless romantic, but obviously to me that epilogue shows that they became whole at some point but we just never got mm-hmm. to see it which i think is kind of unfair that's true yes me too um i have to add my piece Do here it. but i wish with every fiber of my being that we could have found out what Peta and katniss would have been if they would have been happily ever after after everything as themselves but what i think is good about this ending is that it's more of a wake-up call. It kind of leaves a bad feeling with you after a really traumatic and scary and sad story of loss and tyranny. So I think if they would have ended up just fluffy and happy and, like, the two of them didn't... Like, I, I think it would have had have a different... Well. Yeah, I think it would have had a different it ending. Like, I think it disturbs place. you. Yeah, it's supposed to disturb you because we just watched so much shit go down that their relationship couldn't have gone back to normal, whether or not he was hijacked or not. Yeah. They lost all these people. They lo- like it, it was just something that I think was necessary, but it really sucks as a shipper, you know? And with that being said, we're going to come into our last question. Usual ending, our usual closure for our episode. Um, do we ship it? But we're going to change it for this one and say, as the couple would, real or not real? Okay, <laughs> I <laughs> whoa deep de- now sigh. I think it's real. I'm gonna say I ship it, and it's real. And now you might be surprised after you just heard all this crap I've been spewing. But I really do think it's real. I don't ship their ending. I think that it should have been done better in a few different ways. But I think the two of them needed one another, and. Ultimately, the the things that they provided for each other over the course of the novels, I, I do ship it, and I think that they ended up together, which is where they should have ended up. I just don't think the way they should have ended up together. What do you guys think? No, yeah, I I ship it slash think it's real as well, and I, I like totally agree with you, Steph. Like they got to the ending destination, I just think they got on the wrong train to get there. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of what I think. I just, it, it kind of goes back to that whole thing where it's like the ending was dissatisfying, but I also, I genuinely think it was supposed to be dissatisfying. Yeah, Like, it was. I really, like, there was no way, S- Suzanne, because I've been calling her by her first name this whole time, because apparently we're friends now. We're on a first name uh, basis. There's no way Suzanne could have written them a happy, fluffy ending that would make anyone feel good. Like, if the no. book ended and it was like, and then we got married and everything was great and we got, uh, Everyone would have been like, I would have thrown, I would have actually thrown the book out of the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so I, it, it's real. I think it was a real relationship. I think the fact that they actively chose each other made it real because there were so many times that they could have given up on one another. Literally Katniss in the whole third book could have just given up on PETA and she didn't. Right. Yep. And um, she, didn't. she didn't. So <clears throat> I... I think real, and I ship it, and I will continue to go. read fan fiction about them at the <laughs> when I'm sad. Devin, you have opinions on this. No, I, I 100% agree. I think it is real, and 
although it is tainted or not what readers might have wanted, they got an ending and um, they have to fight for each other. They have to be real mm -hmm. with one another. They have to get through the darkness with each other. And I think that's what makes them so great. Also, I from just, it. like, a writer's standpoint, because I pretend to be a writer sometimes, as I stare at, like, <laughs> as I stare at all the unfinished drafts in my computer, it's fine. Um, endings suck. <laughs> they really do. Endings no matter suck. what, someone's unhappy. Endings are so hard. So I think with the history of how the book, like, the history of the, the books beforehand and the history of Pan Am as a whole, I think... Suzanne gave us the best ending she could because mm -hmm. like again like a super 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 gloomy ending sucks like no one would have been happy they just killed off Pram she exploded like everyone was sad like Gail felt guilty and moved away yeah so like but a super super happy ending <laughs> wouldn't have fit so she right. went somewhere in the middle yep which we can't flaw we can't so we can't good call on her you, out Suzanne. That. You've written more books than I have. So what am I? Suzanne, please comment back to us. <laughs> <laughs> please communicate <laughs> with us after this show. Please be our friend. <laughs> okay. Right, and with that, it's time to announce our next episode. So hold on to your seats and get ready. And go ahead, Steph. Do it. Okay, our next couple for next week is going to be Anakin and Padme from Star oh Wars. Oh my god. <laughs> so I grew up watching Star Wars, and this couple always frustrated me, but they also had me weeping at points, although the acting was terrible, don't get me started. Hey, um, but <laughs> try his best. Yes. But so I can't wait to talk more about them next week. And if you guys have any thoughts on this couple, please feel free to reach out. Our email is we ship it podcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit our website at we ship it slash we ship it. Yes, yeah, so thank you all for listening. Thank you, Kalia, for joining us. Thank you for um, having me. This was so fun. Yeah, we're glad <laughs> we could have you. If you liked what you heard, give us a follow wherever you listen to your podcast. And while you're at it, even consider giving us a rating. It would mean the world to us. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for listening. And thank you, Kalia. As Devin said, it was definitely a lot of fun. Um, and thank you for being a phenomenal guest Love reader for our first one. <laughs> and with that, be well. And as Hamish would say, sayonara, sweetheart. Thank you so much, guys. Talk to you all soon. Bye.